Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. And I'm Robert Bucciolato. Epcot Center, Robert, was a dream of Walt Disney, but it's also a very distinctly Florida story. So let's get into that today. And you are, if our listeners do not know this, currently writing a book on Walt Disney and on the the downward fortunes of the company soon after Walt's death. Yes, sir. Uh, the it covers the uh, Disney Dark Age, which was uh, right after Walt's uh, passing, uh, right before the Disney Renaissance, and a lot of it deals with what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I know some of our listeners might uh, kind of get a little uneasy because we're, here we are talking about Disney. Disney sort of takes on this mammoth role in all things Florida, and a lot of people they they put on a uh, a Florida history podcast. They don't want to hear about recent history like Disney World. But the reason why we're talking about this it really isn't so much to do with Disney. It has to do with what was brought here because of Disney. And when Epcot Center opened in 1982, it was at a time when this state was a juggernaut yes. in terms of in terms of commerce. We went from the 1970s where we were one of the most susceptible states to national economic trends. If there was a recession, we were one of the first 10 states to to feel it to the 1980s, where we had such uh, an array of different types of uh, economic development. We were the Gold Coast, uh, excuse me, the Treasure Coast was trying to become the next Silicon Valley. We had a, a giant telecommunication system that was taking hold, and we had a phenomenally productive uh, Department of Commerce here in the state of Florida. And a lot of this had to do with the leadership of Bob Graham and Wayne Mixon. But they saw very early on that the uh, business model of Epcot really lent itself to the state's involvement and to, to really try and capitalize on some of the things that Epcot was doing and hopefully use it as a springboard to attract new business to the state of Florida. Yeah. Now, oh, now sorry. When, sorry. Oh, no, I was saying, uh, when, it, when it started originally, Walt had envisioned this to be sort of a, um, a, a masterpiece in urban dwelling, urban uh, development. He wanted it to be a, a prototype city of tomorrow. Um, not an amusement park per se, but a new way of. And the company started having um, issues. They, they were really tight on money in the 1970s. Um, Disney World was doing great, but it was very, very expensive to run. And they realized that that couldn't be a really sustainable uh, business model. So what they decided that they were going to do was they were going to open up at Epcot and have it be like a year-long uh, World World's Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what they did was um, they used, once again, Walt's model. And that was in 1964, he had uh, a bunch of different pavilions with the World's Fair where a company would come in and they would finance and they would sponsor the exhibit and Walt would build it. And when the World's Fair was over, he would take that exhibit and he would ship it to Disneyland and he had an exhibit that he didn't have to pay for. 
so what they decided that they were going to do was was that they would have each one of the pavilions in future world in Epcot they have that you know the giant sphere that is the symbol of Epcot and then each pavilion would have uh, a different subject like energy um, you know like uh, uh, an ocean pavilion and all of these different things would be a great uh, way for a industry corporation to sponsor the ride and then when you come out of the ride there was a showcase of the sponsor's products and then what they decided they were going to do was they were going to have a, um, a world showcase and the idea that they had was that each world showcase would be sponsored by that world, I mean by that country's uh, home country. So Norway would be sponsored by Norway, you know, Mexico would sponsor Mexico. And what ended up happening was Florida was basically once again moving themselves in circles to be of use to Disney and supply them with as much logistical support as possible to ensure that all of these different countries were opening up new business, were bringing in new tourists to the state of Florida. Yeah, Robert, and that was a source of pride for the state of Florida. In fact, I think at a certain point in the 1980s, early 1980s, after the opening on October 1st, 1982, uh, there was a view in kind of technology capital circles, promotional circles about Florida, to kind of to, to to the professional class, uh, don't worry about the Magic Kingdom. Don't worry about what we traditionally thought of as Disney World. Epcot is the shining star of a new Florida, of a new technologically advanced and savvy Florida. And then you can take the Beeline Expressway right down about 30, 35 miles to the Cape, and that is the window of planet Earth to the rest of the. Uh, the rest of the universe, rest of the galaxy, and it's right here in Florida. It was something we were very, very proud of. And then you also had the World Showcase at Epcot, which it opened, as I said, October 1st, 1982, at a time when the World's Fair in Knoxville had just ended. Knoxville kind of see there was another World's Fair in New Orleans uh, coming up in, in, in a few years after that. And then there was uh, obviously the World's Fair in Sevilla in 92. I know there was one in 87. I want to say... Uh, there was an Expo E7, uh, maybe somewhere in Asia or in uh, 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 or somewhere else. But we were advertising and we were promoting as Florida. We have this year-round all the time, and we married it to this great technological park and this great sh uh, showcase of the future and technology here in the state of Florida. And what is so amazing is you can go to Walt Disney World and you can immerse yourself in Disney. You go to Epcot, and the the state of Florida is stamped all over yes. Epcot. I mean, it is, it's like being transported back in time to the 1980s of Florida. Um, from its aesthetics to uh, just its, its merger of technology and communications with commerce and... Um, environmental friendly designs it was absolutely what the state of florida was dedicating itself to in the 1970s 80s and early 90s without question um that is what epcot is and that's what florida was yeah and we were on the cutting edge of a lot of technology uh, 
a lot of technology companies, startups were even uh, popping up in Florida in the late 1970s and 1980s. There's a much more kind of high-end entrepreneurial state than it is now. The the tech industry, uh, it's to me as a Floridian, great consternation that the tech industry took off in places like, well, Silicon Valley was always ahead, but places like Austin, places like the Triangle, Raleigh, Durham, the, the, the Boston area, because I really think at one point, we were right there with them. And we had all these kind of space-age defense contractors, too. Uh, Martin Marietta, now Lockheed Martin, was in Orlando. Pratt & Whitney was huge, obviously, in the uh, in the area around uh, Jupiter, the northern Palm Beach County. Uh, IBM, the P- IBM PC, was uh, created in Boca Raton at their big campus there. And obviously, Motorola had a huge campus. Uh, well, two of them, one in Boynton Beach and one in... Uh, one in uh, Plantation or Sunrise, uh, west of Fort Lauderdale. And uh, that seemed to have gone uh, by the wayside as, as we've uh, gone through the decades since then. Another thing about Epcot was that Walt Disney World was kind of a kiddie land, right? It was it was for tourists. It was for uh, families and kids, which was the same deal with um, – with, with the other attractions that kind of popped up, we talked about them last week, right? Circus World, Stars Hall of Fame, and others in Central Florida in that period of time. SeaWorld, uh, which uh, there are several SeaWorlds around the country, uh, a few SeaWorlds around the country, but the Orlando Park popped up in that in that time period as well. Uh, but Epcot was very much kind of an adult attraction and more of a Florida attraction. It was something that was showcasing Florida. And I think it helped also change the view of Disney here in Florida because in that era, there were a lot of snobs who said, look, uh, Disney World in Florida, that's nice, whatever, Magic Kingdom, that's a recreation. You really want to see Disney, you go to Anaheim, you go to Orange County, California. And then we come back and say, no, Orange County, Florida has something that Orange County, California doesn't. And I thought that was just very, very important for the state. All of the Florida governors from Leroy, from Leroy Collins to Bob Graham taking part in the groundbreaking of the Epcot Center. If you go on the catalog of the Florida Channel, you'll see that during all of the grand openings for Walt Disney Channel, for um, to me Walt Disney World, there was no involvement from the Florida Channel. But every time a world would open at Epcot, the Florida Channel was filming it and broadcasting it. It was just a a a huge part of our state's way of attracting new business. And what ended up happening, um, uh, sort of the, uh, the appendices of all of this, is that a few years later, when they decided to do um, MGM Studios in Disney, uh, Florida's involvement was still could still be seen. It was still a very important involvement. Um, it, it hasn't been since then. All the, the new changes to Disney World when they did Animal Kingdom, the state didn't have the kind of involvement that they had. But for those two parks, Epcot in particular, there was a real partnership between the state of Florida and Disney World. And uh, Disney MGM Studios opened in 1989. A Universal Florida, now Universal Orlando Resort, opened around the same time. And it was a really heady time for the state of Florida. I have to say this as someone who was... Uh, uh, a kid at the time, but very proud of my state and saw so much 
around me and had a father who worked for NASA and was involved in all this venture capital stuff also. Uh, so had uh, had kind of an understanding of what was going on politically also at the state level with, with, with the institutional support coming from the state of Florida. Uh, at the time, Orlando was kind of the envy of the world. It was... Uh, it was a family-friendly, grow uh, mature version of Las Vegas, or maturing version of Las Vegas. Uh, South Florida, the Miami area, Miami Fort Lauderdale area, was becoming one of the great metropolitan cities in the United States, uh, and and, it, it, and really uh, a place that had come overcome a lot in the 1980s. And uh, we've talked about Hurricane Andrew before. That 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 really dealt a blow to the area. Uh, but that's uh, a subject for another time. The Treasure Coast was attracting some some great technology companies. Uh, the Tampa Bay area was kind of growing up. And, of course, we had the Cape. And Challenger happened in 86. And we thought that might be the end. But then the late uh, 80s again, not, not that the American public ever really got recaptivated by space uh, and the space race. But late 80s, the Cape is back. The space program is back. The shuttle program is back. Those were those were really great times in the state of Florida in terms of our upward trajectory. And uh, maybe I'm overly romantic about the period. I mean, I was a kid then, and, and and obviously you don't see necessarily the warts and the faults and all of this stuff when you're a kid. But uh, it, it was just a much better time for the state, in my opinion, than than what we've gone through now and what we went through in some eras before that. I mean, I, you know, I, I was a grandson of a member of the Florida House and we would, um, you know, we would go to Disney World and Epcot and stay at the Contemporary Hotel for free because all legislators were able to do that because of the connection between Disney and the state of Florida. And it was, I mean, it was, it was an incredible time to be a Floridian. I mean, I'm, I, I think that's probably one of the things that connects the two of us so much is that I'm, I'm just as nostalgic for that time period. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if the state of Florida has ever been as successful as it had. Um, all throughout the economic issues of the 1980s, um, we, we tend to forget that there was two recessions in the 1980s that had almost zero impact on the state of Florida. You compare that to the recession of 2008 that had a, a terrible impact on the state. And what you see is you see a, a, a total just different trajectory in our economic development as opposed to what we were doing then. Yeah, Robert, uh, we're in an era now when uh, we're losing our best and brightest. As compared to then, when we were attracting people, people were going to university outside the state of Florida. They were relocating to Florida with their families. Our schools were considered go good. We had enough green space, enough cultural experiences, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on and on, but uh, we'll save that for another time. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another new edition of the Florida History Podcast.